Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. How are we doing today? Woo! All right. So we're continuing in James. Um, and I have a confession to make. I am terrible at golf. I mean, I'm really bad at it. So I have golfed, like, on a course. I can count on one hand in my life. Jeremy was with me one of those times. He was very patient. He was very understanding, and I was very embarrassing. <laughs> so there is something between here and making, now I can putt, fine, you know, uh, maybe even a mid-range, but if you want me to drive, you're going to waste a lot of time and money. <laughs> it's just not happening. I've been to Top Golf more times than I can remember. It has not made it better. <laughs> Uh, I am terrible at golf. Like, I am awful. If you're one of those people who you need to be in a church where your pastor's really good at golf, thank you for coming. Because <laughs> this is never going to be that place for as long as I'm here. I am bad at the game. I have tried and tried. And I am not wealthy enough to want to keep trying. I just don't. <laughs> it's just not going to ha- I am bad at it. I am. I cannot get it. I know what's supposed to happen. I'm fully aware. Thing goes up, comes down, hits ball well, it goes that way. That is never what happens for me. Never, okay? We did 18 holes, right, Jeremy? How many did I hit forward? Two, maybe three out of 18. No, I didn't. (laughs) You're being very kind. I did not. Um, it, It just isn't my game, right? I cannot get it. Okay? Does anybody else feel my pain? You, golf is just not your game. Thank you, Jeff. God bless you. You're with me. All right? It's just, it's just not. Some of you are, you're amazing at golf, Brian. I know you're one of, you're not one of those guys. See, it's your brother? Is your brother like amazing? There it is. Your younger brother is. Okay. Uh, I, I know Brent is really good in comparison to me. In comparison to me, Brent, you are a PGA player. <laughs> Um, that's not saying much. I'm just bad at, I cannot get it. You ever had things you just can't get? It's really frustrating, right? People around you, everybody's getting it. It's a little, there's times as a pastor it's embarrassing. A lot of pastors play golf. I I think they all went to a different Bible college than me because it must have been a requirement somewhere. I wasn't, like, I, I just don't do it, right? You just can't get it. And it's tough. Um, because they're like, well, we're all going to do a pastor's get together and play golf. Like, I'm going to miss out. (laughs) You know, I'm, God bless you guys. Why can't you just hit the ball and make it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing exactly what you're doing. Well, so in the book of James, what does this have to do with the Bible? Nothing, just thought it was awesome. No. So James is right in this church, and there's a chunk of things that church people, it's wisdom he's learned over the years, and he's telling the church abroad, I want you to learn this. And the thing about it is, 
it's timeless because the church everywhere can regularly not get this message. We just don't get it. We just stop doing it. We stop acting. And we were talking, we were talking with friends the other night, and, and I think I said it last week, but a lot of James, the book of James, is the idea that a lot of people want the blessing of Jesus, they want the power of Jesus, they want the forgiveness, but they don't want to act like him. And so much of the book of James is live this. Don't just profess it. Don't just do the things or check the boxes. Be who you're called to be. Live it. And so in James chapter 1, verse 19, he goes on, he continues, and he says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it is the power to save your souls. Just a, a way to sum it up is to watch our ways. Watch the ways we're going about things. I, I just Let's break it down, okay? Quick to listen. That is not the time we are living in. <laughs> we are not like, I just so want to hear your perspective. That is not the day we live in, right? It is like, I am going to tell them what is up. Man, who's your news source? I don't care. I'm going to tell you who the news source is. You've got the wrong news. Like, this is, we're not quick to listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. These things are actually the character of who God is. He, he's quick to listen to us. Do we remember that? Do we remember that God is like, he's, he's always listening? I heard one pastor say years ago, like he was going through this tough time and he was talking to a mentor and he's like, I, I just can't un, undo my burdens. The pastor's like, well, are you having your time with the Lord? Are you having your, well, yeah, I'm praying and I, and I, and I'm, I'm reading my Bible, but I just can't get rid of these burdens. And then finally he said, are you casting your anxiety on him? Well, I'm praying and I'm giving. He's like, if you're not leaving God's presence lighter, then you're doing it wrong. Because we forget that God is quick to listen and he's quick to take those things on. And then James gives us the charge, be that person. Be quick to listen. Why are some ways we're not quick to listen? I, this isn't in my notes, but I, I feel like that I'm supposed to talk about this. I think sometimes we're not quick to listen because we're afraid that some of what people are sharing is either true or maybe it isn't true, and we have to defend it. We have to stop it. We have to no, that's incorrect. I am very, by the way, I just want you to know at the beginning of this message, I'm guilty of everything in here, plenty, and I'm sorry, I do this stuff too. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you, and if I could sit down and share it, I would, but it's, that's kind of hard. So, quick to listen. 
we even come to God that way. We're quick to tell God what's up and what we need. How many times are we quick to say, God, what are you saying today? We were at growth track yesterday. We had 10 people at growth track. It was awesome, yeah. And thank you for those who came. But there's a, there's a part where we're talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer and, and how we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next part? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. A.K.A. your will first, what you want. I want to listen to what you want. What do you want, Lord? What do you want from me today? What can I do for you? How many of us come to the Lord that way, let alone other people, quick to listen? Right? The way we hear others matters. We're, we live in an age of like pop psychology where we've heard all the tropes, but we apply very few of the truths and the greater truths are actually mostly already in the word, in the Bible, when it says, begin to listen and just hear somebody's heart and hear where they're coming from. How many people come to you and they've they laid into you and the truth is, man, they, they're just going through a terrible time. How many of us pause and then we're like, yeah, what's, what's going on? What's on your heart? We're not, we're not really that quick to do that. And just so you know, this isn't one of the fun messages, okay? Because this isn't one like, Jesus is risen. I mean, he is, and, and we're excited about that. But this is one of those ones where it's kind of like person modification and like change me, and I, Lord, make me better. And that's not so easy, right? Um, the way we hear others matters. Some of you, like, marriage is tough right now. And you know the number one reason for divorce? The number one? It's not, it's not money. It's not sex. I know you're like, come on, talk about that. No. It's communication and it breaks down. Somebody feels like they're not being heard. Somebody feels like they're, they, they can't hear what the other person's saying. Friendships break down, churches break down from the inability to just pause and say, all right, what are you trying to say? Guilty as anybody else in the room. Slow to speak. Our point of view is valuable, but it's not that crucial. God's point of view, number one. Slow to speak. But that's not our day and time, right? Our day and time is you are going to know what I think, and I'm going to tell you seven different ways. I'm going to post it. I'm going to message you. I'm going to text you. I'm going to email you. And then if you still don't get it, <laughs> like that, that's just the time we live in. We're, we're quick to speak. We're quick to just give our opinion, Right? And opinions are like flies, right? It's just, there's a lot out of them, and they're, they're often a nuisance. We don't, we don't like them that much. They're, they're not always that, mu that helpful. And we're quick to just speak and say things. and We're so quick to be like, I just need to vent. 
There is a time and a place, I believe, for sharing with a friend who loves you who will not pick up the burden that you feel like you need somebody else to bear with you. I believe in that. The Bible talks about bearing one another's burdens. The unfortunate thing is we are now living in a time where we don't, we think we're bearing one another's burdens when really we're picking up one another's offenses. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge to know the difference. And it takes discernment. It's not easy. We're so quick to speak and say this thing, this thing, this thing. My truth, which is the funniest statement of all right now, right? My truth. The only one who owns truth is Jesus, and the rest of us are subject to it. Are we quick to share our opinions, our thoughts? And, and are we, instead of slowing down, hitting the brakes and saying, all right, the way we communicate matters. Jesus even talked about this. He said in Luke, Matthew 10, 16, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. He wants us to communicate well. Diplomacy actually matters to the Lord. He's, he's not saying be political, be political. But he does know the system we're in. I talked about that last week. He, he realizes this world is kind of broken, and we have to say things the right way. Right? I can't, I can't just get up, you know, in the morning, and if, if my wife, you know, has misplaced something, be like, I can't believe you did that. You know, I, you misplaced this. I could. I have. <laughs> it does not go well. And ultimately, because I'm quick to speak, and part of that, we live in an age, we live in a time of reactivity. Everybody's reactive right now. Everyone. Who isn't? Who is like, think, thinks of like in all situations, I, I'm just calm. I just stay calm so much. I never react. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's just everywhere. Has anybody else experienced in just the last three to five years, even in traffic, people are nuts now. Before they were jerks, but now it's like people, you don't know if somebody's going to be like pulling a gun out if you cut them off, right? You know, even if you didn't mean to. Just, there was not that long ago, just a few years ago, I was driving somewhere and we get to this four-way stop and everybody basically, it was one of those where everybody came at the same time and nobody quite knew who should go first and so I kind of eked out and they kind of, uh, and finally eventually I went through, well the guy lost his mind and he started chasing me. And when I mean chasing me, he went down the street. He started getting out of his car. I, I, I went through a parking lot to get to another street. He jumped back in his car, kept following him down the road. He went from the Euros place here all the way up to Farrell Road to follow me, took a left on Farrell, kept following me. Uh, and he, every time we stopped, he tried to get out of his car and approach my car. Finally, I dialed 911 on my phone, and I started showing him my rearview mirror. And then he freaked out, and he drove away. Because of a stop sign. 
Was I trying to upset that guy? No. Was that a normal reaction to a four-way st- No. Right? And if he was in an emergency situation, you'd think you should probably go on to the emergency. <laughs> right? But we're quick to speak. We're quick to say our piece. I should be heard. I need to say what I need to say. And in those moments, there's a lot of times we got to talk stuff out. And that's a godly thing to do. That's a healthy thing to do. But how we talk it out is also godly. Right? There are times, there are times what people will do is say, I just need to share my feelings. And a lot of times when we deliver things to people, It's not what we're saying so much uh, how we said it, right? Because we can take our mail that we want to deliver and we can can hand it to them, we can drop it, or we can tape it to a brick. (laughs) And then we're like, why are you taking that? I'm just sharing my feelings, right? (laughs) And you're like, your feelings are heavy and they hurt, right? We've got to be slow to speak. When we speak, speaking our minds, here's a tough one, speaking our minds is not actually in the Bible. It says be slow to speak. Here's the hard part. I know what you'd say, well, you, Pastor Brian, yes, which is why I repeat, I am guilty, (laughs) as everybody else is, right? This is a we conversation not a you conversation. We have to hit the brakes on the things that we just want to spew out of our mouths and say, is, is, is this what the Lord would say in this matter? Matter of fact, and then it goes on to say, slow to anger. What makes us mad matters. Some of us are set off by stuff that we're like, you know, I'm going to tell them what is up. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe you would say that. Don't you dare talk to my kids that way. We all have a right to protect and defend our family. But we have all taken advantage of that right far too often. When I was a kid, and here's my grandpa statement, when I was a kid... (laughs) The benefit of the doubt was usually given to authority. The teacher, right? Or the coach, or the fill in the blank, the pastor, you know, whatever it was. It is so flipped on its head now. Parents, as a rule, don't give the benefit of the doubt first to the coach, the teacher, the principal, the pastor. It's my kid. When really, we love our kids. They're often not that bright yet, right? Like, not my, my kid's a genius. And he's eight and he eats glue, right? So, <laughs> and, and we, we see our kids as our, there's a difference between treating your kids as your greatest treasure next to salvation and your spouse. There's a difference between treating them as that treasure, protecting them, versus giving them carte blanche that says they're right and other people are wrong. 
pause, hit the brakes, slow to be angry. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger often doesn't produce that. There's, and there's different types of anger in the Bible. There's godly anger, right? What's happening in Israel right now, we have a godly anger about it. That is evil. It is 100% wrong. And if you're like, well, there's two sides, what I would tell you is there is not, okay? I'm diverting here for just a second. Hang with me, okay? Israel, if Palestine defends itself, it's called freedom fighters. If Israel defends itself, it's called terrorists. However, if Palestine stops defending itself, nothing happens. If Israel stops defending itself, it ceases to exist. So that's a different conversation. But there are godly things that make us angry, and they should. And those things should then force us to bring to prayer and stand on the right side of things, okay? When government says you have to do, you cannot gather for worship, guess what? That made me righteously angry. No, I will not listen to you on that. Doesn't mean I want those people to go to hell, just the opposite. I think they should go to church too. (laughs) So, but then there's the, my kid didn't get to play in the game. How dare you, you bleeping blank. Like how, and I've watched, I've watched pastors do it with their kids over the years. I remember, and here's the thing, the other day, uh, Eric's daughter and Eric and Kim's daughter, Ruby, they played against my daughter, and I don't know what it is. When my daughter plays volleyball, she plays like five minutes, and then she doesn't play like the whole rest of the games, um, because it's her first year. What is it? I've, I've had three sons. They've all played sports and never in my life. When, when my daughter's in, in their teams in a volleyball game, I am more amped up on the inside than I've ever been watching any sports ever, right? And I've been watching the Bears a long time, <laughs> okay? Something about, now I've, I keep my mouth shut and I don't say anything, but on the inside, I am not like Jesus, <laughs> okay? I am... There is a demonic influence in my life in them. I want to say and do things that are not like Jesus at all. I'm telling you, I could have a conversation with those coaches. And praise God for the Holy Spirit who says, just shut up and watch the volleyball. Because they're elementary kids and they're really not very good. Okay? <laughs> all right, but I, am, I have opinions. <laughs> and I want to share them. And I don't. And I haven't. Um... That's how I feel in that moment. I am not slow to anger in these games. I feel the intensity. I think being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry is a discipline that we begin to walk out consistently. It's not something you arrive at. I believe in the miraculous, and I think God can snap his fingers and do that in us. A matter of fact, I know somebody that happened to, a hero in the faith to me who's no longer with us, who had serious anger problems, went to the altar one day, God wrecked him, and he almost never got angry for the rest of his life. But most people, that's not how it works. God can do that. It's cool if he does. But for a lot of us, God is saying, I'm not going to do the miracle. The miracle is going to be done within you. And I want you to grow in that. I want you to practice patience. 
right? And why, does, why doesn't God just do it? Well, one of the reasons is God wants relationship. If God just did it, that's not a relationship. That's not a growing. There's no back and forth. There's no communion. God wants you to be there, but God also wants you. So he'll take the time and have the conversation and work it out of you, right? The way, what makes us mad matter. And it says human anger. It goes on to say it's filth. The, the, the papa bear attitude, the mama bear attitude, the Bible calls that filth. It, if you can't justify it in the word, and there's, there's healthy defense of our families, but we have ran with that banner far too long. We're at part of where we are at because of the attitude that me and mine is first. It's our job to steward this first. But we've tried, my wife and I have tried to say, you treat others with honor and authority. We try and give people the benefit of the doubt and our children, not just ours. You see what I mean? We do not live in a day and an age where people take correction. I talk with other pastors, and they'll tell you, like, it's not. The things my pastor said to me growing up in church and for working for them, you would never get away with now. Now, some of that's good. We've grown in some ways of grace and communication. Some of that's good. But some of it's like we, we just... I like what Candace Owens said earlier this week. Life is tough. Get a helmet. <laughs> we need to toughen up a little bit, and we need to take some more correction and not kick back every time. We, we really do. I love us, church, but we, we can really suck at being corrected. Unless the Holy Spirit does it to us directly, he shows up in glory, the cloud comes down, you know, and then angels and cherubim are flying among us, and then he gently, quietly says, would you be more patient? <laughs> yes, I will, Lord. <laughs> right? Otherwise, if somebody says, hey, you need to cut that out, how dare you? How dare you try? Instead of being like, you know what? I could react pridefully and in anger, or maybe I can be like, maybe there's some truth here. Maybe I can take it. And then it goes on to say, now listen to God's word. Listen. How many of you, when you read the word, still get a lot out of the word? I hope all of you, right? And he's saying this is what it means to apply it. We should, we should find our times in the word so rich. It's life. It's our daily bread. It should be changing us. If you're not regularly reading the Bible and regularly being changed by it, I would challenge you, course correct, and get back into it. Say, well, I, I, I've been reading. I'm not getting a lot out of it. Get, get even more into it. Because we don't just read it. It's supposed to read us. And it's so good when it does. He goes on, verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. 
Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. For if you only listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. So, so basically, watch your walk. Watch the way you walk this out. What woman in here has one, like, one of those little makeup compacts? Anybody? Can I, can, I, can I borrow it for just a moment? Yeah. Whoever's fastest with the makeup. Whoever, go. I'll borrow for just a second. Thank you so much, Amy. All right. A for Amy. All right. So it's not mine. I'll remember. All right. So, it, you know, it's like doing the thing and then, huh? what? what, 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 what was that? Oh, yep. Okay. Got a beard. That's right. Okay. Wait, am I? Am I? Oh, yep. There's the glass. If I did that long enough, you're like, he's insane. What a, what a weird, what a weird man. I think he has OCD. Right? And you'd be correct. Because that's nuts. But we do it in church all the time. We hear the things of God. We, we read about them. We talk about them. But we don't live them. We talk about forgiveness, but we don't forgive that often. We talk about they should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. <laughs> Look at yourself. Look at ourselves. The way we walk matters. It affects other people. I have a friend who I love very dearly who's a libertarian. And the reason why I disagree with him, I would say I'm a conservative, is because our behavior actually affects other people. The idea that we live in a world where you could just do what you want and it doesn't affect others is a fairy tale. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. And that's actually biblically true. The way we walk affects other people's walk. It's our job to remember over and over, God, make this apply in my life. If the character of God and the word of God don't affect my behavior, do I really believe what I'm saying? Do we act like Jesus as much as we say we believe in him? I'm going to say that again because I thought that was pretty good. Do we act like Jesus as much as we say we believe in him? For example, okay, this stool, all of us would say, you know, here's what we do. Like, I forgive, and I, I, I love that, and I'm slow to be angry. I believe in all that. I don't listen to that type of music, and I don't, I don't go to those movies. I'm very moral, and I follow, and I love the Lord, and I, I, I still sing Darlene Check. I'm so, you know, I have just, spiritually, I am so good. And you know what we're really doing? I believe in that stool. I think that stool is just the best. I sing songs about the stool. I, uh, I actually wrote in my stool journal today, and that didn't sound right. And, uh, <laughs> and all the things, the stool is amazing, right? But then you, John 3.16, this says, God so loved the world, whoever believes in him. It's an active belief that says, I will sit in the chair, not about, not around, in and upon. How many of us would forgive somebody who we know will never make it right? And not because they will or won't make it right, but because I believe in what the Word says, and I will live it. I will 
I will make things right when I don't want to because I believe in what the word says and I will live it. I will walk in humility when I am, I think I'm awesome. (laughs) You know, because I believe in the word. And it may never get me anywhere in this life, but I know it gets me somewhere in God's heart. All right, moving on. Because it's really easy to come to church, and and as Cliff was saying, go through the motions. It's really easy to check the box. So listen, if you're not a believer, you don't walk with Jesus, none of this, you don't have to apply any of this. You do whatever you want. Walk in unforgiveness, think you're better than other people, etc. But if you want to follow Jesus, James is saying these are requirements. This is the way we are called to live. And don't talk about your gifts, your abilities, your family, your office, your, your, what, your blessings, your fill in the blank, whatever your thing is. Unless you're doing these things. Because it actually even says, if you're not doing these things, it's worthless. If you claim to be religious, but don't hold your tongue, you're fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God our Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. (laughs) Last thing, we watch our words. We watch our work. One of the first things following Jesus should do is affect our speech, our words. How many of us fly off of the handle at our kids? How many of us just treat the presence of God like it's just supposed to be there? Treat our brothers and sisters like they're not our brothers and sisters. We so quickly forget. Our hearts get so corrupted so fast. It takes nothing. And I just want you to know it's all right. Because you're not alone. We all have our stuff. Matter of fact, worship team, don't worry about it. We're going to stick with this song today. Because I want everybody to have a moment. We're going to talk about speech and our words later in the next couple of weeks because he brings it back up again (laughs) in the letter. How many of us just get our hearts off so quick? And we forget, like, my relationship with this person is being seen through the eyes of heaven. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. The way I'm treating my kids and my spouse is being seen through the King of Kings. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. My criticism is being heard by the throngs of heaven.
and it's grieving them. I'm sorry. So if you're anywhere on that spectrum today, I want you to know it's okay. Because the beauty of the kingdom is the one who's calling us to this is the one who paid the highest price to give us the grace to live it out and pick us back up when we're not. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.